Hello, old friends, new friends, lovers, casual passers-by. Welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. I am your host, Misty Stinnett, and normally I am joined by the inimitable, inimitable, who can know, Lisa Linky. But alas, today she is gone away from us. And she's perfectly healthy and fine, thank God. But she is doing some amazing work with Surge LA, which is showing up for racial justice. So she is taking a break this week to focus her efforts on that. And to that, I say, good for you, Lise. You're better than us. We love you. We support you. I am super excited to introduce a very special guest host today. But before I do, in case this is your first time coming to the podcast, this is the podcast where every single week we read and review a popular self-help book. We are trying to weed through the masses of information and honestly, snake oil peddling sometimes that's out there. So we always try to share the main points of a book, the great things about it, the terrible things about it, what's useful, what's maybe not as useful, what's fresh and exciting, and what's outdated. So the point is, we are reading the books so that you don't have to, or rather, so that you can hear in less than an hour or a little more than an hour whether the book is worth your time. If you love what you're hearing, dear God, please buy the book and support the author. If you don't love what you're hearing, you know you can say thank you next, goodbye, life is too short, hello, Gay Hendricks. Uh, for our longtime loyal listeners, you know what we mean. So without further ado, let me please welcome an amazing guest host that I am so excited to have on the podcast today, Mr. Andrew Scottsco. Andrew, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> okay, let me tell you all a little bit about Andrew before I let him speak. Okay, Andrew Scottsco is a product leader with insatiable curiosity for how we build better futures. He's been building and advising tech startups and social ventures for a decade and has worked on award-winning products directly supporting tens of millions of users. Previously, Andrew served as entrepreneur in residence with Dr. Peter Diamandis as hacker in residence at 500 Startups, which is a fund that invests in early stage startups, and is also part of the adjunct faculty at Singularity University a think tank in Silicon Valley. So he's real dumb, y'all. His mission is to give life to human potential, creativity, and consciousness through social science and technology. His podcast, Enliven, is an exploration of how conscious leaders can build products and companies with a soul and make things that make things better. Woo! I feel very behind when I read. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of words. A lot of words there. Well, thanks, it's for, just, thanks for having me here, by the way. Oh it's my fun. It's my pleasure because listen, Lisa and I take turns reading a self-help book every week. But Andrew, and I say this without any inflation, I think you've read more self-help books than Lisa and I combined. I might have a problem with it. <laughs> How many self-help books would you say you read in a year? Uh, I don't know. I don't haven't. I'm not sure about self help specifically. I think I went through. There was definitely a couple of years there where I was reading a lot of self help, and now it's a little more sporadic. So now I'm just a voracious, obsessive reader, kind of generally speaking. Totally, but I also feel like, and you know, like I keep saying self help, but I think if I said human 
development books or like growth potential. I feel like that's something that you are specifically sparked by. Yeah, I'm a huge nerd for that stuff for sure. A huge nerd. Huge and nerd for that. I want to take a second to tell everyone that Andrew's podcast Enliven is fucking amazing. Oh, we cuss on this podcast. I mean, we're all adults. This is a hardcore subject to self-help. Thank you so much. You don't like and- it? Fuck off. Yeah, you don't like it? Fucking bye. But also, I want to timestamp the episode. Today is August 22nd, and the world is changing so rapidly. So if by the time this episode's airing, things sound a little different, that's because we're in the past, and you all are better more streamlined versions of yourself. Wow. We're like time traveling right now. This is fucking Isn't weird. that weird? How is it out there? Are you guys okay? Is the future better? I hope so. We all hope so. Oh my God. So Enliven is amazing. And Andrew, tell me, it is sort of geared toward business leaders and people creating teams and building businesses, right? Yeah. You know, ultimately, like when I think about the long range goals of the show, I think it, I, I hope it broadens out more than that, but you got to start somewhere. The people who have really adopted and glommed onto the, the show so far are very much people who are, you know, they're leaning forward into the conversation of like, okay, what can businesses be? Like, yeah. what is leadership about? How do we show up? You know, let's take the, all the conversation you were just speaking to about like social justice and mm-hmm. everything that's going on right now. Like that type of, I'm going to call it a posture towards mm-hmm. the world about that leaning forward into the world saying like, yeah, I'm here for it. Like, how do we make it better? That's the attitude that's underneath yeah. it. We're just channeling that same attitude through the lens of business. Yeah. And the reason that I say this is I obviously am not trying to start a business. I'm not trying to manage a team. Although if anyone wants to work for me for free, I say yes. Uh, <laughs> but I love listening to your podcast because even though you're talking about businesses, so much of it is how can you be a person who creates a safe space for people to thrive? And that's applicable, not just in business, but in in every personal relationship that you have. So even if you're not a business person, I encourage you to check out Enliven. And again, we'll put a link to that in show notes. It's so great. And I feel like it's part how I built this on NPR and part psychology and self-help exploration, right? It's kind of like, how did people build this? How did they get to where they are? What's working for them? Which is really cool. Yeah, thanks, Misty. I really appreciate it. The, the um, It's funny you, you bring up the business thing because I've got a question a couple times from listeners. They're like, wait a second, like, I thought this podcast was about business, but why is it in the philosophy category? That wasn't a mistake. It was a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually sort of my tongue-in-cheek way or very subtle way or whatever of pointing out like this isn't really about business. Yeah. This is about the underlying philosophies that you can bring into every area of your life to enliven your life. There's a reason I picked that name for the show. Boom. Yeah. And just I like drop the mic, but I need it right now. Yeah. I dropped the mic, but it's literally soldered to my chair. <laughs> so just like with everything we're discovering, these systems are all intertwined. Business is not separate from personal development. Your business is only going to be as successful as you are at managing yourself as a human. Yeah, I, I fully, fully reject the idea of the siloed life uh, where it's like, I don't, I don't know if it's ever been called that way, but it's the, you know, like, oh, that's work-life balance. I call bullshit on that entire idea. I'm much more interested in work-life <laughs> integration. My Ooh. work is part of my life. It is an expression of my life. It is a piece of my overall life. It's not a separate like thing I keep over there in the in the closet that I visit, you know, five days a week or whatever. So I just think that whole idea, the whole framing of it is just bullshit. Guys, guys, 
Do you see why you need to listen to Andrew's podcast? Thank you. That's super, super thoughtful. Thank you. Appreciate it. And, and uh, yeah, any and all welcome. Uh, we would love to grace your ears with fascinating humans who are pushing the edges of what's possible to make things better. So what I think is super thoughtful and that I'm super grateful for is that you have read a book that I do not have to read this week. <laughs> I, I am God, so grateful. You're gonna break, so, Misty. Yeah, I'm very. I'm a very busy and highly important and like very sought after. And I would also throw in quaffed. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Andrew, what are you bringing to us this week? So, I am bringing a book that I. If it's not obvious already, it's about to get real obvious. I am a huge fucking nerd, and especially for the topic that we're going to talk about in this conversation. So um, there is a book that I literally waited for two years to come out, and they delayed the launch twice, and it really pissed me off. But it's by one of my all-time favorite authors. I was so mad. I was like, because I was waiting there, like waiting on launch day, and there was like, oh, rescheduled for six months. I'm like, fuck, you're killing me. They rescheduled on launch day. It was like the day before. That's just a dick move. But I guess, or they just updated the Amazon listing too late. I'm sure they made the decision before that. They just Mm -hmm. forgot to inform Mm -hmm. the rest of us who were waiting. It still seems within an unreasonable margin. Yeah, who can? Who (laughs) as you love to say, who can know? Who. Can know. Who can know? Anyways, the book is called The Infinite Game, and it's the latest book, uh, came out a year ago, roughly, uh, by the author Simon Sinek, who is probably best known for his first book, which is like a mega bestseller for the last 10 years called Start With Why. He's got like the most, I think it's one of the most watched TED Talks of all time, like 50 million views. Ah, oh, shit. Now I got to read that book. <laughs> For the podcast. Yeah, that one would fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that great, one would definitely great, great. fit. But so this maybe maybe today will be a little appetizer for for some of that. Amazing. And I'm happy to touch on that stuff if you want to, because I'm I'm just a massive, massive fan of his work. I love that. Well, so here's a question. Can you summarize the premise of this book in one sentence? I don't know if I could summarize the premise of the whole book in one sentence, but I can I can maybe give a teaser of great. why it's worth reading. Great. So I'm assuming most of us, I, I'm assuming you, dear listener have a job, you have a career, you have things you're up to in the world. And the teaser is that whatever game you think you're playing, you're probably not playing the game you think you're playing. And this oh, book explains shit. what you're actually playing. It's funny. I, I have no idea what Simon Sinek's ethos or style is, but that sounds very Mark Manson-y, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Like That's probably he's... my Mark Manson-influenced interpretation of what's going on. Oh, there you go. Okay. Cynic is far more <laughs> articulate. He's also, he's, he's originally British. He has a wonderful accent. He's super articulate. He's a pleasure to listen to. He also has like a million talks and anything with him live, like your day is going to be better. He's just great. Awesome. We'll link to that TED Talk in show notes as well. Great. So Andrew, what does this book cost? So if it just came out a year ago, is it still pretty expensive? Yeah, it is. It is on the pricier side as far as book goes. So it came out October 15th, 2019. Oh. Uh, so it is not even a year old. By the way, Simon Sinek does in fact narrate it and his voice is just butter. Oh, it's the like, audio book? Yeah, it's British butter. Awesome. It's delicious. Ooh. You know who else is a, a has a dishy voice? Who's that? Dr. Matthew Paul Walker of Why We Sleep. He's also British and sort of like, he's like, here's Why We Sleep. And I'm like, please tell me <laughs> you're more. You're like, keep going. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Just don't fall asleep while you're listening. Thank you. Actually, he'd, be, he'd probably be stoked if you did. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> he'd be like, you know what? That's right. Take that. Take that nap. You need it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, what does this book cost? So, it, it is available in all the formats. Uh, there is now a paperback version, finally, although it's still not a cheap one. Um, so, you can get it on Kindle for $14.99, audio, Audible for $12.99 or one credit, but $12.99, you might as well just buy it. Yeah, but they do make it difficult to they buy do. it without a credit. Super weird. Jeff Bezos, do you not have an, enough billions already? Come on the podcast. <laughs> 
Hardcover, 1933. Uh, paperback, 1772. This is the... Oh, spi- shit. You may as well pay another dollar. Yeah, you might as well yeah, pay, pay an extra dollar <laughs> sixty and get it in hardcover. Thank you. Or go to your library and get it for free. Free 99, baby. Mm. Great price. I love it. I honestly cannot tell from what you've told us so far. Is this book practical or woo-woo? So I actually had a really hard time answering that question. I would say it perfectly straddles the line between the two. And so let me explain why. I think this is the ultimate book for every idealist who wants to have a career in the quote-unquote real world. Idealist. Yeah. So if you're you're someone like so many of us, uh, I think resonate with the idea of like something feels off in the sort of the status quo of our jobs or our careers or our companies. We're just like, yeah, there's not enough places to nap. Duh. I mean, that's thing one right there. I would say probably the most important and on everyone's mind. I mean, for sure. Like if there's not nap pods, I'm not interested. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's be real here. Um, The book is 272 pages. The audio book is just under seven hours. Okay. Um, and it's, so if you it, listen to it on 12 times speed, you'll get through it in like a car ride. Yeah, done. Love right. it. So Simon Sinek is a world-renowned leadership. He's, he's the kind of person you would call like a leadership guru type person. Oh. Um, he's written three best-selling books over the last decade about leadership and building organizations and teams. Um, his first one was called Start With Why, mega bestseller which really about was the idea that from a human biological level, the way we develop, like as we, the way our psychology and the biology of our brain evolves as we grow up, we literally all have baked into us almost from a biological level, a a why, a sense of purpose, like that deep sort of craving that we Mm -hmm. all feel of like, why, what drives me? Mm -hmm. That's what that first book is about. Hmm. And it actually has biological roots, which is very interesting. His second book is called Leaders Eat Last. And it is, it's basically the follow on to start with why. Start with why is about like, how do you start, or, or bring a sense of purpose, a sense of passion to whatever it is you're doing, that's inevitably going to attract people. And warmth. And warmth. And I see that Simon Sinek is only 46. Yeah. He's a, he is a, a in his prime, so to speak. Right. So first book, Start With Why. Second book, Leaders Eat Last, which was all about basically building trusting teams, building the kind of environment you'd want to go to work in every day. And then this most recent book, The Infinite Game, is really kind of, it's, it's a book, as I said to you before we hit record, it's really about the larger context of all the things that we're doing. Um, that's kind of the invisible framing for the games we're all playing that we don't even realize. It's like, if, if you think of the David Foster Wallace uh, essay, this or his, his, uh, the commencement speech he gave called This is Water, where it's this idea that like fish are in water and they don't even know there's water. Oh, shit. It's like 22 minutes of gold. So he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he knows a thing or two. I mean, he's, he's basically, uh, he's one of those people on a short list that like, you know, the UN calls and they're like, Simon, what are we doing wrong when it comes to leadership and making the world better? He's like one of the people that they call. He's worked with every major company you, that you can think of that he wants to work with, the military, the government, nonprofit, like ev- everybody. He's, he is a world-renowned, beloved thinker on what does it mean to be a great leader and create the kinds of organizations that we all wish we could spend our time in. Same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so as I kind of teased before, this is a way to... Let me say it this way. We're all playing a different game than we realize we're playing. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is there's, so the, 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 the backstory of this book is actually goes back to another book called Finite and Infinite Games. It was a book written in 1986 by a theologian named James Carsey. This is like a dense little book. It's, I tried reading it like two years ago. It broke my brain. I need to read it again. <laughs> it was dense. It was like, I, I'm sure there's gold there, but you really got to work for it. Sure, um, for sure. This is the much more palatable follow-on to that book that makes it like very useful and applicable to your daily life. But the idea is that in game theory, there's two kinds of games. 
there's finite games and there's infinite games. A finite game is known players, fixed rules, agreed upon objective, right? Okay. So think basketball, uh-huh. right? Like there are, we all agree on the rules of basketball. It right. goes for this long. Whoever's got the most points at the end wins. Right. Boom. That's it. And then there's infinite games. Infinite games have different parameters. There's known and unknown players. The rules are constantly changing. Basically, people play the game however they want to play the game. And more importantly, there's no finish line. There's no agreed upon metric. There's no like quote unquote winning. Hmm. And so the key insight that he had was that if you look at the language of the modern world, particularly the language of business um, and organizations, it's all the language from like sports. It's all the language of finite games. Like we want to be the best. We want to like beat our competition. We want to be number one. Mm, except there, but it's an infinite game. But it's an infinite game. So you're playing the, by the wrong rules. You have the wrong, or not even the wrong rules. It's you're playing the game with the wrong mindset for the game you're actually playing. So the, his insight was that, oh, business, and you can swap in for business, like whatever you're doing. Honestly, like social Social work, climbing. social justice. Yeah. Like, like all these things. These are infinite games. Right. And so there's no quote unquote winning. Like a great example of an infinite game is a relationship. There's no winning marriage. There's no winning at friendship. There's just, it. Ga- the game goes on. And so the point of an infinite well, game- Well, I think I win when I've proven to everyone that I'm better than them. Uh, That's how I know I've won. Yeah, well, there you go. So There you go. And when they're all crying and mad at me, I'm like, yep, nailed win. it. Nailed it. So anyways, the, uh, there's no, there's no finishing or winning an infinite game. It's the the point of the game is to keep the game going. Okay. Right. Oh yeah. Shit. Think of like a great relationship that keeps getting better and better over time. The point is to keep it going and make it great. It's, it's a framework to contextualize all the work that we do. That's really what the infinite game is, right? It's like saying, okay, what's the forest for the trees? All I can see is the trees as I'm running through the forest, but like, what's the forest? Great. I think that's what this book is. What forest am I even in? Yeah. What, what, what forest am I, what game am I actually playing here? Interesting. And so the real trick of this book is that it helps you see the game you're in, see the board and choose if you want to play there. That's also important, right? Like there's a big world out there and it's like, if you can understand before you get, you know, years into something, yeah. let's say you join a company, right? You, you interview at a company, you get years into it, you're like, fuck, like this place is not what I thought it would be. That's a major regret that people have. Well, the other thing that if you're seeing, I have a puzzled look on my face and that's because I think we all, at least in America or Western societies or, you know, insert region here, we come out of the womb and are immediately starting to be groomed for, hey, be this kind of person to fit in this kind of society. The goals you should have are getting married, you know, in an, in a monogamous relationship with kids, with a career that looks like this, with a savings account that looks like that, with a car that looks like this and material goods is home, you know. But we just sort of go, oh, okay, because we're taught that from birth. And we don't ever question it. So it's really the, when you said like, and decide if that's even a game you want to play, it's like, I think that's a question so many of us could use to ask ourselves, you know, do we even want to do life this way? Is that what jives with us? Cause y'all, there are many ways to live life, many different successful ways to do that. And success looks different to every person. And, And that's like, so that's beautifully said. And like, I think that's very core to the message here is that like, there's, there's in an infinite game, there's no winning or losing. First of all, there's no agreed upon standard of what winning and losing even are. There's just your own definition of success. And there's only like ahead and behind, right? Like, sure, you might be like behind right now in whatever game you choose to play, but you haven't lost. 
right? This is about like, it's, it's not even a long game. This is like an infinite game. This is like a different mindset for yeah. approaching the work of our lives. That's the way I would say it. Like, cool. that's what this is about. Amazing. Okay. So what do we do? Okay. So there are, according to Mr. Cynic, and he's currently the authority on this, so we'll go with him. <laughs> uh, there are five keys to playing the infinite game. And so we'll go over these really quick and then we'll deep dive on like just one or two as a little bit of a, a little bit of a morsel here. So the first one is you have to have a just cause. And so just cause, we're gonna go deeper on this one for sure, but it's like a, a just cause is a specific vision of a future state of the world that does not exist today. It's a future state that's so goddamn appealing that you are willing to make sacrifices for it. It's like the city on the hill you want to drive towards. That seems like a really tall order for step one. It's, like you have to steps. reimagine, you need to reimagine a fucking bomb ass future. Well, let me put it, let me put it this way. Don't consider this a recipe. This is not do step one, then step two, okay. then step three. This is not that. Okay. This is like, there are five things that you're going to continually have to like be aware of and balance. Okay. And you need all five to really play the game the best you, you can play the game. Because you have to know what outcome you're working towards, right? Yeah, like so what's the vision? What's the point? So rather than reimagining an entire society and way of being in the world, is it okay if I say, hey, here's a future I'd like for myself? Yeah, 100%. So we're going to go deeper on Just Cause in just a second. Okay. But let me just cover the, the five and then we'll go deep on that one in awesome. particular. I think that's like, for me, that's the biggest one. And I think it also has the most questions around it. It sounds a little bit like he's saying you should start with why. Oh my God. Is that writing? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So key one is having a just cause. Um, another way of saying that is like, you need a really compelling vision. Right. Number two is you need trusting teams, right? So you need to have a group of people who trust each other that show up together, that have psychological safety, that like safe space, all that, all those things. That's like number two. Like your tiny pocket friends. Like your tiny pocket friends, you LLS. That's Lisa and I. And today... Andrew. Hi. I'm your tiny pocket friend. What's up? <laughs> Hi. Uh, number three, this is one that surprised me for sure, is you need worthy rivals. Uh, oh, shit. All right. We'll, we're going to go, we'll go into that. <laughs> we'll go back into I that one. I hope that means friendly competition, like your podcast versus my podcast on a podcast show. Oh, my God. All right. So, number four, you, so you got just cause, trusting teams, worthy rivals. Number four is the capacity for existential flexibility. This one's really heady, really conceptual. We'll break it down in a second, though. And then the fifth one is the courage to lead. Let's be clear. This way of approaching your life in the world, is it's hard. This is just hard. Oh, it's way easier to follow the formula yeah. of like, cool, I keep working hard at work and try and get the promotion so I can buy the... Audi and I'm going to chase whatever. like the goals they put in front of me and I'm going to play by all this, you know, quote unquote And then everyone rules. goes, wow, you're doing so well because you got a promotion and you drive an Audi and yeah, you bought and you a hit house. your numbers this quarter that were completely arbitrary and right. blah, blah, blah. Like, right. That's so way easier. It's way easier to do all that stuff. Like this, it takes guts, it takes work, it needs support, all these things. So, th so that's, that's the sort of, that's the forest here. That's, those are the big five cool. things you got to think about. So I want to deep dive on the first three, just cause, trusting teams, and worthy rivals. Mostly, I especially want to zoom in on the just cause and the worthy rivals because I think those are like, they're like, what? Like, tell me more. All right, so yeah. just cause. So I love the question you brought up. So right away you were like, wait a minute, like, that seems like a tall order. <laughs> like, Yeah, like reimagining the world versus just like, I'd like to have a different career. Yeah, for sure. So like, consider, this is also, this can be, 
I think this idea is helpful on both a personal leadership level, like mm-hmm. leading yourself, but mm-hmm. also if you're wanting to contribute to something larger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Either way, where are you going is the uh-huh. point, right? And so like the idea is that anything that is going to be sufficiently compelling to you, the vision of a better future, and like he's not specifying the scope of that vision. He's not saying you have to change the whole freaking world. Mm. He's just saying you need a vision of a world you are going toward. Right. That is worth it to you. That's the point. Yeah. Right. That could be, I want to build the most incredible family possible. Yeah. Right. I want my school or my kid's school to be amazing. Mm. Right. I want um, the church or the the religious community I participate in to like really be tight knit. Or it could be like, I literally want to, you know, have a massive company organization and literally like change lives for millions of people. It's interesting because saying like a just cause, like I get a little bit caught up on the words just. Mm -hmm. So something that maybe, and I'm just pitching this out there, you can tell me if it's off base, but that I think would work for me a little bit better is reframing it like a worthy goal, a goal that activates you. It's a great way to say it. But here's the difference between, and this is the reason I think I'm speculating here, but I think this is why he said a cause and not a goal is that this is an idealized future end state that is so big and so idealized that for all practical purposes, we will never reach it in our lifetime. Let me give you a concrete example that's Oh, we'll never to, reach this? No. And that's Is that how big it needs to yeah. be? The point is that it's an idealized future end state that we will always be it will always be that North Star we're driving towards. Let me give you a concrete example just to make this hopefully make it a little more clear. Right. So right now, as you framed it up, or August 2020, a lot of, you know, social justice conversations that have been reactivated. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. The United States of America, the idea of the United States of America is a just cause, a Mm. more, like, let's look at the language, a more perfect union. Mm -hmm. You can never achieve that. Practically speaking, you can Mm. only go far. You can only advance that. You can only progress down that direction. Right. These are directions, not destinations. Let's take it a different example, friendship or marriage, right? You want to have like the best friendship with your best friend ever. I want medium friendships. Okay. Well, you know, but say I did. Okay, say, say I wanted a great friendship. Yeah, 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 yeah. You wanted yeah, yeah. to have like yeah. the best friendship with your best friend ever, <laughs> right? That's a direction you're always going to be pursuing, mm-hmm. right? This is like a lifelong commitment. Okay, so if I want to choose a worthy future state of being, aka a just cause, I maybe wouldn't want to put any finite well, the infinite game, any finite numbers on it. Like I want to own a company with 300 employees that makes $50 million a year. Cause I could reach that. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And I love where you're going with this because it raises the important question of like, well, wait a minute. What about all those finite games? Like what about goals? Yeah. Like they're useful. Like what what do we do with them? What do we do with them? So his answer, and I, as I've worked with this myself over the last year, it seems to hold water in my own experience is that is, is reminding ourselves, what is the point of the infinite game? Like in, the infinite game is the context. Mm-hmm. It's the container for many finite games. So you're still going to play. We're all still going to play these finite games. We're going to have goals. We're going to pursue companies. We're going to pursue projects, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is like the thing that wraps around all of it and makes it make sense, makes it meaningful, gives it purpose and, and a direction. Like put it this way. Let's, let's talk about it for the podcast. Why do you do this podcast? Oh, Wow, look at that. Uh, it's it's several reasons. Um, on a personal level, I'm very interested in self-growth mm-hmm. and connecting with people. Mm-hmm. 
and making people feel less alone mm-hmm. because there have been many times in my life where I felt like I was the only person on the planet going through something or felt self-conscious about feeling a certain way. And then when I heard other people come out and say, I'm going through this too, or this is something I'm struggling with, it made me feel a lot less alone. But mostly my North Star is about being of service, bringing some value into the world in a way that's easy for other people to listen to and digest and connect with that makes their lives better. 100%. I would say that I would, I love what you're saying. And I would say what you just said there about like making their life better and easy, you know, easy to access and all that. That's how you do what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. What you're trying to do is make a world where people feel they they grow, they know themselves, they know each other, they're connected Mm -hmm. and they don't feel alone. Yeah. And you're always going to care about that. Yeah, that's kind of my North Star for literally everything exactly. I do. That's like, that's your why. And so you, the vision of the future comes, it's related to your sense of why is like, you want a world that looks like that, where people know themselves and grow into who they can be and they're connected to themselves and each other and they don't feel alone. And you're never going to be done doing that. Oh my God. You guys go listen to Andrew's podcast. <laughs> Does that make sense though? It makes sense. And it resonates so deeply. And as you were saying that, I immediately thought, that's why I want to own a community theater one day. That's why I get excited about throwing dinner parties. That's why I like to write. That's beautiful, right? And so inside that, do you still have goals? Yeah. Okay. So there's your answer. Okay. So that makes sense. Because I'm never going to be done doing that. Mm-hmm. And There's always going to be more ways and there's always gonna be more ways you're gonna want to express that so that feels a lot more digestible than like you need to change the entire world like i am i'm just talking about like the world around me yeah change your world change your world okay don't worry so much about changing the world okay change your world okay because i just like that makes me want to lie down and take a nap totally (laughs) and that's i mean this is something i've I've had a lot of experience with in like coming out of my background in the tech startup world and Mm. social venture world like everybody's all about like change the world change the world it's like dude like start with changing your world yeah how about like changing it for like you and your roommate or your family or your friend? Like start there. Well, and the truth is when you focus on those specifics, you tend to hit on something that's much more broad yeah. anyway. Yeah, totally. Okay. So we've got this just cause. Yes. And so then and, what? And to clarify this, like two things that are points of clarification here around the start with why mm-hmm. everybody has one why, right? It's like core to you and you just start to. Is there yours. always just one? Uh, Cynic says so. Isn't that interesting? Like if. I'm curious for everyone listening, like if you gut check right now, does it feel like there's just one? I, for me, it feels like there's just one. For me, it feels like there's just one too. And I've thought about this. I've explored this for myself, like within myself a lot. Interesting. The difference though is like the, the, the why is about the past, right? It's, it's a response to our own past. The, the just cause is about the future. And we can have multiple, we can participate in multiple just causes simultaneously. You can have one at work, you can have one in your podcast, you can have one for your family, one for your church, one for your friend group. You can have a bunch of these that you participate in simultaneously. This is the second time we've time traveled in this podcast episode. So the just cause is a response to your past, but it's about creating a better future. No, uh, the why is a response to your past. Our, our why so is- So your why is, is not your, oh, so you're, okay. Yeah. So your why, and then you have a just cause. Yeah, the language can get a little weird here. So let me- like, I also feel to, like they can be the same thing. I like my why sounds like a just cause. I would, I would- uh, You're right. In that case, it is. So I think that's probably more of your just cause. And underneath that, there's some deeper why world domination could be right but the uh the like the idea like the the why is a very personal individual thing that's it's like hours and hours alone like you own your why i own my why and i will i will have one and probably have that one forever okay 
but I am also, or and I am also simultaneously participating in the pursuit the advancement of multiple futures simultaneously. Okay. Right. For different for different parts of my life, different sure, sure, sure. Like, yeah. my day job, I have a thing, with my podcast, I have a doing like in all these pieces, I'm moving, I'm trying to move the ball forward just a little bit in some way in each of these places. Right. So in each right. of those you can have multiple of these at once. So right. it's not like you just have to have one and you have to get all like rigid and tight about it. Like it's cool to have one. Great. You also don't have to come up with your own, by the way. What? Not everybody's like Steve Jobs visionary type, right? It's okay. You don't have to like come up with a just cause but it is important to find one. So if you find one, if you encounter one in the world that someone else has articulated, that it moves you, make it your own. Cool. Grab it. Like nobody owns the just cause. Right. They're just pointing it out. Like right. social, you know, um, uh, civil rights. Yeah. Right. Dr. King like pointed that out and then millions of people have made it their own cause. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And I, I would say that many people before Dr. Martin Luther King also mm -hmm. had that just cause. 100%. He just happened to be the person who was right to lead it at yeah, that time. He was, he was carrying the torch and pointing it out at that time. So, so it carries on like that. Okay. So we have our just cause. What else? Okay. So as I said, there's four other things. I'm only going to talk about two of them right now. You okay. should definitely read this book. If you, if you find any of the things we've talked about interesting and you want to really shift your mindset about how you approach like all the work of your life in all the different spaces of your life, go get this book. I, I think that would be good for you. Casual. Super casual. It is, it is actually an easy read, by the way. Oh, uh, it's great. Not, like, it sounds like heady, but it's not. I'm probably over-intellectualizing it. So if that's the case, I apologize, dear Yeah, listener. you're really dumb. Super dumb. Sorry. <laughs> um, get in my own way sometimes. So I talked about five things you need. I want to touch on two other ones, which are worthy rivals and existential flexibility. So worthy rivals. I, like, already feel defensive. Interesting you say that, right? Because it's not... Um, the language, this one's tricky. It's a worthy rival in, in the way he frames it is someone, or it could be an organization, like an organization might have a worthy rival, uh -huh. that um, their strengths expose your weaknesses. Mm. And the opportunity there is to see that and shore up your weaknesses. Interesting. So, and also I guess I'm thinking about like Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla. Apple and Microsoft. Apple and Microsoft. Yeah, you're sort of like, well, shit, these guys did this badass product. We missed out on that. So how are we going to innovate? Exactly. That makes sense. And so it's like, it, it's it's learning to think about that way. And the good news here is you get to pick your own, who who you choose is as your rival. Right. Right. So it's like, you, you can think about that and make it a thoughtful choice. I'm thinking of like, you know, judo or one of those martial arts where you redirect energy. It's like, you can choose who your opponent is that you compare yourself to mentally. That's so interesting. I never until this moment ever thought of it as a choice. Yeah. Because for me in my life, whenever I see um, someone who's doing something I want to do or is further ahead or does something better than I do. It feels like they just sort of appear and mm -hmm. it's out of my control. Mm -hmm. But there are also people in my life that I'm like, oh, who can care? Like we're not even, mm -hmm. in, you know, we're not even trying for the same things. And I, I guess I am choosing even if I'm not yeah. choosing. Yeah, if you're not consciously doing it. It's really interesting. Yeah, you can choose who you compare yourself to. So you can be really wise about that and choose someone who like really makes you level up, not just the person who gets under your skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be somebody like you can, you, you like the worthy part of worthy rival is important, right? It should be like someone you respect. You don't have to like them, but you mm -hmm. should respect them. But you, you can it, like them as you a can. rival, It's right? great if you do. 
right? But you don't have to. But it's somebody who like being being in that in that game together. Yeah. You know, sometimes they're going to be ahead of you in the game. Sometimes you're going to be ahead of them in the game. But no, neither of you is winning. Yeah. But your energy pushes each other forward, basically. Mm-hmm. So something to think about there. It's kind of interesting. Interesting. Now the other one. This one's the, the most like heady conceptual. But I'm gonna see if I can make it really simple. So he calls it existential flexibility or the capacity for existential flexibility. What he's saying is once you have your vision that you're, you know, of whatever scope that is, but whatever you, once you're clear on what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. and this is where the courage bit comes in as well, the capacity for an existential flex is saying that you have to be ready. You may not ever do it, but you have to be ready to make a like hardcore 180 massive strategic direction change in pursuit of that vision. Interesting. Right. This is Disney going like, Oh, um, going from movies to theme parks. Oh, right. Where he's like, Oh wow. There is such a better way to move forward. My vision of the world. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole super different thing that none of us are ready for. We don't know how to do it. It's going to be a pain in the ass to go pull this off. I'm going to secretly buy up a bunch of land in Florida. Everything I've got on this thing, even though I'm already like God in the world of of entertainment. Yeah. But it's that it's the capacity to do that. The willingness and and the readiness that if you, if you see it to do it, like to say, the cause and the vision is more important than what I am currently have gotten attached to and I'm willing to change. So I want to take that idea and relate it to a much smaller concept and hearkening back to one of the financial self-help books that we covered, Your Money or Your Life. Mm -hmm. So that whole book is about reaching financial freedom as quickly as possible. And the way they recommend you do that is to invest. You know, you choose a certain amount of money that you want to invest, but then you can live off the dividends of that so that you no longer have to work. You can live off the dividends. So for example, they might say, completely change your entire life right now so that all of your money or the vast majority of your money can go towards building up, say, a million dollar investment nest egg, and then you can live off of $80,000 a year from the dividends. So as opposed, like that might mean no more dining out, getting a smaller apartment, leaving Los Angeles so that you can live in Oklahoma and have a smaller rent payment or whatever, right? But it sounds like it's that massive change from what you're doing before in pursuit of that goal. Yeah, agreed. And I think another way to think about a more concrete way that people mm-hmm. might get this is certainly in the United States, we get really attached to like, what's the most common question you get back when we had cocktail parties and stuff. But when you go to a party, what's the first thing people ask you? So what do you do? Exactly. So we we put each other in these little boxes framed by our, our, the roles we play in the world, the jobs we, we hold or whatever, but we're not those jobs. We're not those jobs. And very quick anecdote, two anecdotes. When I was unemployed for a long period of time, some of it by choice, some of it not, I remember feeling this massive identity crisis when people said, well, what do you do? Who am I without that? Yeah. Because I would go, oh, well, I'm not doing anything right now. Or I, you know, I'd be like, well, I'm a runner and I'm a sister and I, you know, and I'm a baker and blah, blah, blah. But also the first time I ever went to France with my sister, my sister lived in Lille for a year. And one of the first times I ever went there to help her move, some of her French friends just took me aside and were like, by the way, you know, I was like, God, 20. And they said, By the way, we know Americans like to ask, what do you do really quickly in conversation? But that's actually very rude in France. That's not something that you ask, you know? And so I actually try never to ask that as small talk. I try to say, what 
are you really excited about right now? Yeah. And then you actually get to know the person. Exactly. Right? Because half right. the time we hate our jobs anyway. It's sadly common. So the whole point of this, like it can be big or small, but the idea is not to be overly attached to however it's looking today, right? Mm-hmm. Like define yourself by who you are, not what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's like, to, that's to put it on a personal level. But the same thing applies if you're like leading a company or an organization or whatever. It's like, what is this about? Not yeah. what are we doing today? Right. And we have to be willing to wildly change what we're doing today to in service of who we really are. And right. What we're to trying continue to, to change the process of how you get there as yeah. long as you're working towards the goal. Yeah, exactly. And then remind me what the other two things are. So we have covered just cause, worthy rivals. Existential flexibility. Existential flexibility. The other the two are the courage to lead. Okay. Which is kind of self-explanatory. Okay. This is hard. And trusting teams, right? Having teams who really trust each other and people really show up fully and they have each other's backs, right? Like to do an existential flex, like if you're going to do some huge strategy change, right? You need to feel like you have support. Yeah. Like people, like it's in the short term, it's going to suck. It's going to be hard. But like you need people who are like, yeah, I I know it's going to suck. And I'm I'm here. I'm into it. Like, let's do it. Which harkens back to this whole idea, this whole misnomer of self-help because nobody does anything alone. Mm -hmm. They really don't. Andrew, oh my God, what an incredible, succinct, and enticing overview of this book. Can I wrap it up in one short metaphor that I think might ground it? And be easy Hell to- yeah. All right. So the only way I've been able to hold on to this for myself over the last, whatever, since I read this book the first time is with the metaphor of a road trip. Hmm. So think about a road trip, right? You had a destination. That's the just cause. It's the vision of the world. It's where you're going. And the point of that is it like it's providing a direction, right? You have an ultimate direction you're going in, even if like we, we're in LA right now. If we're driving to New York, even if we're in the middle of Arizona, we're still driving to New York, mm-hmm. right? So there's still that kind of directionality. Mm-hmm. Then you need gas in the tank. You need fuel. That's yeah. the why. That's the purpose. That's like what fuels you up personally Ooh. to keep going. Then you need rules of the road. Those are your values. That's how you do what you do. Right. Okay. And that's behavioral, right? It's like, oh, I value this and it looks like this in action, right? So I value um, transparency. And in action, what that looks like is if I'm raising money for a company, I'm going to share with the team how the process of fundraising is going, Mm -hmm. even when it's not going well, Mm -hmm. not just at the end, Mm -hmm. right? So that's like, there's the value on the wall, but then like, what does it look like in action is where that's really important. Then you need companions on the road trip. That's your trusting team. Like who's going on this ride with you? And then finally, you have like a route, right? Like you're driving from LA to New York. What's your high level route, right? That's like your strategy. That's the what you do, right? It's like, how are you pursuing this vision? And that's where you need the flexibility and the courage, like the courage to change the route. Right, right, right. right? This way's blocked. There's a detour there. And you need worthy rivals. So you want to make sure that you pay a guy in a Camaro with a handlebar mustache to sort of zoom ahead of you every few miles. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. And on top of all that, I I think you got it. Yeah. And then the last one I'll leave with, like just to bring it all the way around is that finite mindset, right? Like what about our goals and like the specific missions, right? I just think of them as like, they're just mile markers. They're waypoints on the journey. Mm, uh That's all they are. Uh Or like, we know we've got to continue the thing. So we got to book a hotel for tonight. And that's going to be. Yeah. You can think about like big long-term vision you're pursuing in your career or something like that. You're going to have specific missions along the way. You could think of those as like legs of the route. Like, okay, day one, I'm driving from LA to Vegas or LA to Salt Lake or something. Right. right? And like, that's the next five years of my career. 
okay, then in five years, when that when that leg of the route's done, okay, what's the next leg? Oh my God, it's going to take you so long to get to New York. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is this is where the metaphor starts to break down. This but, is such a long road trip. I it's hate an infinite road trip. Yeah, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah, Who yeah. signed me up for this goddamn <laughs> thing? I being in the car. Ugh, get me out. Andrew, that was <laughs> so wonderful. Thank you so much. I just love... I love this mindset and I love the way you presented it and I love the way your brain works. And I want to ask you a couple of quick questions. Hit me. What do you got? Did this book need to be written? Yes. Great. What did you try to put into practice from this book and how did it affect you? Uh, it affected me. I tried to put as much of it into practice as, as I could. I literally bought this book and read the entire thing the morning it came out because I've been waiting for so long. That's what I did with Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> I, I say yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yes. Uh, so um, how it's really shaped things for me is it's, it's, it's let me relax into the unknown of it all. Like things, we, we have such a, like there's so much uncertainty in the world Yeah. and that can be really hard. Yeah. That's just, that can be just a hard thing. We crave certainty. Just, we seem it's wired into us somehow. Speak for yourself. I'm totally comfortable with everything that's happening and not knowing anything. I'm fine. <laughs> so, but what I would say is like how it's helped me is it's helped me zoom out in my own life and get connected to that larger context that I, that I personally care about that helps me not stress so much about the, all the all the ups and downs or the left turns that don't make sense yeah. or whatever. I'm like, okay, zoom out. Like, where am I going? Okay, I still know where I'm going. I'll, fi I'll, I'll get there. Like, I don't know the answer to this, but I'll figure it out. I do see how that could give you such a deep peace and an understanding of maybe what the right decisions are at the right time. Because I feel like in times where I have not had a deep why and then I'm looking at maybe changing jobs. It's torture to weigh the pros and cons when I'm just looking at the tree instead of the forest, right? But mm -hmm. if I understand my why, it becomes much more clear which path to take, yeah, right? Yeah, it's helped me a lot. I've had a number of opportunities came my way in the last year. And I ran, like, I was sort of like, okay, like, does this move me towards the vision of a world I want? Yes, no. Yeah. And it was really simple. It was like, Yes. Okay. Does it give me an opportunity to channel and really express my why and show up the way I want to show up? No. Okay. It's a no. Even if it's a tempting. It was. Tempting oh, they were super offer. tempting. Yeah. They were super tempting. But like that was like okay, this isn't aligned. It's not either. It wasn't aligned with where I was going or how I wanted to go that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So that that's been like that's a very practical way. It's helped a lot. Is like it's taken a ton of anxiety out of decisions like that, which would previously have been like, I would spend weeks, you know, calling all my friends and obsessing over whatever. It's like, I made the decision in like 10 seconds. It's got this like overarching woo-woo philosophy that actually translates into really practical. Yeah. This is the, decisions. like the daily practical value of the quote unquote woo-woo. Amazing. It's like, yeah, decision, hard decisions happen. How do you navigate them? This is the, this is how you navigate them is knowing this stuff for yourself. Do you feel the author missed anything? I'm sure he did, but I don't know what. Great. I love those books. Who would you buy this book for and who would you never buy it for? I would buy it for you and I would buy it for anybody. Who, Me specifically? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, after this conversation, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just because I, I can see like you're into it and and I think you'd, you'd totally benefit from the book. But yeah. um, the kind of person I would buy it for, I would buy it for anybody who feels who this, I mean, obviously if this resonates with you, get the book. Um, but people who feel like 
they, you know, they, they're not okay. Something they, they've always had this sense that like the status quo of the way we do things, just something about it just, you know, it didn't feel right. Or they, they hit all of those milestones. They got the house, the car, yeah. the family, the money and are like, I feel now empty. What? Yeah. yeah. Right. But like a lot of times, you know, this is what it was for me. I freaked out. This is one of those books where when I, when I got it and I read it, I freaked out a little bit because he gave language to something that I'd been trying to say and failing to say for years. Oh my God. That's how I felt about Gemma Hartley. And women aren't nags. They're just fed up. We have an episode on that. There you go. Anyway. Right. And so, but it's one of those moments where you're like, oh, fuck. Yes. Like you get it. You explained it. I have words for it. Yes. So it's exciting. Yeah. It's super exciting. Yeah. Right. And I love those when they have this. This was one of those for me. So who, who is it not for? So like we said, the infinite mindset, like playing the game this way is not for everybody. And it's, it's not right or wrong. It's about just, it's about transparency, right? Like yeah. some people just want to, they're like, nope, I love the gambling. I love playing the, to wall street expectations and I want to chase the numbers. And that's all I give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's okay. Honestly, like it's not for me, but some people, if that's, if that's what gets them going, then like, you know, go ahead. Great. Right. Um, it's more about like, just be straight with me about it. Don't like, if that's really your agenda, don't bullshit me that like you're really pursuing a vision of a world that is blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because it's know. okay to want, yeah, want it's okay want. to want the status quo. That's yeah, fine. It's fine. So it's But like, if it, we never ask ourselves if we want it and we're spending our whole lives playing to it, yeah. that's when it. Yeah. And if somebody, if somebody really like, you know, there are people who are like, yeah, you know what? Actually, I'm good with the way, the way things are. And I yeah. just want to like, rock the shit out of this job and, you know, hit my numbers and get my bonus and buy a sweet car and go on vacation and fuck it. Yeah. Great. D- don't buy in this book. Yeah. Don't shake up your status quo. Live yeah, like, in your bubble. And it's not, it's not even so much about the status quo. It's a mindset thing. There are people yeah. who don't want to play by these. They don't want to play the infinite game because it's harder. It is harder. And okay. That's their choice. Okay, fine. So don't buy it for that person. Okay. Do you have any homework for me? I do actually, just based on this conversation. Um, I, my homework that I would give you would be to spend some time articulating for yourself in one or two important areas of your life. Like I would say for you, like the podcast, Mm -hmm. your writing career and your family, like articulate what that vision looks like for you in Mm -hmm. each of those. And again, they can be completely separate visions. Right. Right. Totally cool. And I would say do that and then spend a little bit of time thinking about like, what's the underlying why for yourself Mm -hmm. that makes all that meaningful for you? Like that fuels you as you go on that long journey. Mm-hmm. And yeah. no right answers. It's just like whatever's true for you. Well, I think we have the why, right? But now it's the just cause that I need to kind of. I think, think this about. is this. I think exploring this is your homework. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was stunning. I'm going to buy this book. Let me know, all you longtime loyal listeners, if you are also planning to buy the book. Yeah, I hope that, and for the listeners, I, I hope this was helpful. I hope we didn't get, I hope I didn't get too lost in the clouds and was able to make it relatable. Um, if not, that's my fault, not the author's. You should still get the book. It's really, it really is excellent. So all the faults with me, not with him. Listen, I say yes. I say let's all blame Andrew for Perfect. coming on today. I forgot and to wear my shirt. I have a shirt. Knowledge. I have a t-shirt that says everything is my fault and I forgot to fucking wear it today. Damn. Oh man. Well, I mean, everyone can see you. So I that's mean, there a it is. problem. Just imagine me, because you've all seen me listening to me. Yeah. Imagine me wearing a shirt that says in giant block letters, everything is my fault. There you go. Oh man. That's not take the weight off. I think t-shirt. it's nice. I love it so much. See, I thought you would. I do. And with that, everybody, life is abundant. Goodbye. Good things. Bye.
Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know, you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye!